this retro thing for what it is Nostalgia goggles heavy on those things when we were kids I've got the memories of falling while my hair is turning gray I'm digging back on all the things that were better yesterday So for all those things nostalgic I also do is delight It's it's malignant time, Kim. It is. <laughs> it, are you ready? Is anyone truly ready? I had a lot of time to think about it, and I think it changed my initial reaction to it. Not in a necessarily bad way, but okay. Because I'm gonna. It, I don't know if I'm gonna like this conversation. Because <laughs> I've been screaming at you about malignant in all capital letters for. About seven months. I was going to say, it's been a while. It came out. Just to be clear, like no context whatsoever. Just, just like a message with caps, malignant exclamation mark, sometimes question mark. (laughs) Yeah. It was a a running thing for what, a month? Probably when it first came out where I would just send the message, Kim, have you seen malignant? (laughs) And the answer was no, no. And then I, I didn't do it daily. Eventually it became sporadic. But it was a pretty joyous moment when I got to ask that question and you just simply responded, yes. <laughs> Took you long enough. Yeah, but it worked out. It worked out. We're breaking a bit of the rules again by doing a new movie, but I don't care anymore. <laughs> it's fine. I was going to ask about that too. I was going to say, like, I, th- I didn't know if this would count because it's a new movie. We we broke that. We did an episode about the new Space Jam, and I justified that by saying, well, we did the original, so it makes sense that we get that group back together to do the sequel. So it's like, yeah, okay. And then if you look at Malignant and go, how can you do a So Do We Still Like This about a seven-month-old movie? And the answer is because I just want to do a Malignant episode. Mm, I see. That's it. That's what it comes down to, is I just want to do a Malignant episode. Here's how I'm going to justify it. I saw this movie opening night in theaters with no preconceptions at all about what it was other than it's the new like James Wan movie from the guy who did The Conjuring. Right. That's all I knew. I'd seen the trailer. I was like, oh, yeah, it looks like the new James Wan movie. So I went. I went in blind, knew nothing about it and left that theater wanting to all caps scream about malignant like just grab the person next to me and be like what movie did you just see and if he said malignant i'd be like ah, and then we could just talk about it and if he was like i saw shang chi i'd be like get the fuck out of here with shang chi and then i'd run and grab the next person it was the kind of movie where i was t- like my brother had seen it thank god because i was just on my phone like i need to talk to someone about malignant it is um it's a ride it's it is (laughs) i guess to finish that thought i justified it but i I justify it by saying now with some distance from the movie and knowing about that stuff on a second watch does it hit as hard or you know what what happens that's how i'm justifying so Mm -hmm. do we still like this ness of malignant because 
It was also fun in the States. It was on H- streaming on HBO Max for 30 days after it came out. So I'm on a Discord with a bunch of people from the US. So they'd be like, yeah, we're going to watch this malignant movie. And then you would wait because you knew in two hours they were going to come back and be like, what the fuck was that? And you'd be like, yes. Welcome to Team Malignant. Hmm. Although let's just get it out up front. Kim, are you now Team Malignant? I am Team Malignant. It is, it's a good horror movie, but it's based off of some pretty big cliches. It is. And after you have time to think about the cliches, it becomes less scary to think about. Because when you're watching the movie, you're immersed in it and you are believing everything that the director's throwing at you. As is commonplace with this podcast, we've recovered from tech issues that hopefully don't continue. Uh, so welcome to part two of Malignant. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed part one. Uh, Kim, you were telling us about tropes. I just didn't hear any of what you said. <laughs> uh, I was just saying that I forget what I was saying because a lot has happened between now and this new meeting. But it's been a roller coaster of four minutes. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot like you don't understand how much tech issues affect you when until they start affecting you. Um, but That's I was Gabriel saying, shit. Gabriel's affecting our podcast. Don't. Okay. So. Oh, you know what? Okay, I should say this right now. Uh, we are going. We are going to spoil this movie because it is impossible to discuss yeah. this movie at the level I want to without saying what happens in the final twenty minutes. Well, so. you, you have to give away everything because some of the major yeah. scares really do come out in that that final section of the movie. Yeah, and I will say up front, if I hadn't been in a movie theater when that final section kicked off, I would have stood up and cheered. <laughs> multiple times like there is a sequence in a police station that when it ended i wanted to just excitedly punch the person next to me and be like are you seeing this <laughs> this is a movie they made this uh, I... so yes we are going to spoil it so please like go watch it please yeah. go watch it before you listen to this yeah it pause seems... us go watch it come back yeah it seems like we're both leaning in the direction of it's worth your time. So please go watch it and then report back. Mm-hmm. But no, I, cause in the, in the moment you're, my experience of the movie was in the moment when you're first watching it, you're totally immersed in what's going on. And it's absolutely terrifying. Like, like the director is so, so good with jump he's, scares. Yeah. I mean, it's, he's, he's, it's James Wan. Yeah. Dude knows what's up. Conjuring, yeah. Conjuring 2. Yeah. Annabelle? Well, man. Right? No, he didn't do it. He produced Annabelle's, but he didn't uh, direct any of them. He did the first two Conjurings. He did the first Saw. Oh. I'm trying to think if he's done any other pure horror stuff. But what I think is kind of genius about this, and I don't know if it was on purpose, is you see the trailer for this movie and even the first 45 minutes of the movie itself and you're like, oh yeah, James Wan, it's very Conjuring-esque, very spooky, like he made another one of these. And by expecting that, when you don't get that, it almost makes it hit even better. Like this movie swings for the fences in a way that people seem very divided on because I definitely saw people who, and know people, 
who, when that stuff starts to happen, checked out and went, this is so stupid. Yeah. Whereas I like just wanted to jump through the screen and bathe in this movie when all of that stuff was happening. Well, yeah, like, like I, I, I heard about this movie through other people seeing it and the reactions are very divisive. You either yeah. really, really like it or you really, really hate it. And there's no common ground. Yes, I, you're right. I have seen very few. It was fine. Yeah. Like if you go at the end of the year, if you went on Twitter or Reddit or whatever, and people were doing there, what was the worst horror movie you saw this month or this year? Malignant was upvoted right at the top. And that's the worst one. It's I, I agree. That means you didn't see too many horror movies, but yeah, I couldn't. I just can't. I can't get behind that at all. I'm not going to say it's that scary of a movie really but are you kidding it's terrifying (laughs) it's it it has definitely moments and i feel like the tone you don't write this kind of movie if you're james wan in a way that's accidental this Mm. often feels like a a dialed up melodrama like a soap opera like there's a line where the main girl sophie no that's the mom's name what's the main girl's name again i cannot remember all i know is gabriel because that's all that really matters yeah i should know the main character's name um i have malignant up i was looking up trivia and it turns out nick cage loves this movie so i knew there was a reason (laughs) i continued to like nick cage madison because everyone calls her maddie i think yeah uh so uh i already lost track of what i was saying there's a part where madison's talking to her sister and there's a revelation of being adopted. And after she says, like, I'm adopted, the music goes, like, almost borderline, like, Bob, Bob, and it zooms in on the sister's face. Like, you don't do that by accident. You know what tone you're going for. Well, there were so many moments like that, going back to the idea that he's working with a lot of cliches. There was that moment with the big reveal. Um, and the way they set up the dialogue, too, was so interesting because... The whole idea is that this woman wants to have a child, right? But she constantly has miscarriages because there's a demon living inside of her. Oh, feeding shit. Off. Just, just going right for it. Yeah, We did he- say we were going to spoil it. <laughs> yes. But it's not a demon living inside her. What are you it's, even talking about? It yeah. is a conjoined twin living in the back of her head like the bad guy in the first Harry Potter movie. I was going to say it was very Lord Voldemorty. And that's why when the the reveal happened, I laughed, but it's still terrifying. Oh, yeah. He's he's supposed to be demonic with his intentions because he's mistreated and abused and he's mad. And he can project his thoughts into radio waves and take over her brain to make it look like things are normal, but she's just hallucinating that things are normal. But secretly, he's running around backwards, stabbing people. Right. Yeah. And so there's all these moments where even before they kind of give you that reveal that she's adopted, but she has that one line. She's like, I just want to feel biologically connected to another human. And right away you're like, okay, clearly you're not related to your family with that sort of line. But there's all these like little moments that are almost like hammers hitting you on the head of, you know, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Expect this. This is extreme. And then at the end we're, we're at like an abandoned castle. Like I remember there was a moment yeah. where they it's just an abandoned to... like a, not an asylum. Is it but an, an asylum? experimental 
asylum. Like they're trying, they bring children to this hospital like place to do, to, to essentially cure the cancer is what they keep saying or cut out the cancer. It's time to cut out the cancer. Right. Yeah. Even that opening scene. That opening. I've, seen, I've seen people say that they thought it was going to end up being a fake movie within the movie, oh. but then it reveals it's the actual movie because it's so, again, dialed up. Every like everything is dialed like so they're like it's time to c- cut out the cancer and all it's all so over dramatic. The thing I really like about his movies is that like it's very over dramatic, but it's almost it's like the same effect of going into a really good haunted house. Like you are signing up for something, you know what you're signing up for. There's going to be scares, and you just go with it. And yeah. he immediately like with that opening scene, you're thrown into a terrifying situation. And it just keeps escalating. <laughs> yeah. You're in good hands with, yeah. a ja- with a James Wan horror movie. Yeah. You may not know where it's going, but you're like, you know what? I trust you. But it's it's so extreme. Like, I don't know. It's it's like it's 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 on the verge of becoming cartoonish, but it's not yes. cartoonish. <laughs> well, I would argue that the back half is kind yeah. of. Yeah. Well, with because, the cops, especially. Oh my God, that whole like, and I feel bad because we're skipping straight to the end. Maybe we should set up the plot <laughs> a little bit. Uh, yeah. So you got. Uh, I already forget Madison, and uh, Madison's husband's a dick, and he shoves her against a wall. That was really hard to watch, that yeah, whole opening scene. I want to show my wife this movie so bad, because, but I, I just basically had to explain it to her because there's just so much stuff she won't be able to deal with. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, she starts having visions of people being murdered, but she doesn't know these people. And we catch glimpses of who's doing it. And it just looks like it's some you know person with long hair in front of their face and eventually we realize, oh, she knows it as Gabriel and it starts to make it look like it's going to be one of those imagine my imaginary friend is like somehow become real. Mm-hmm. That's what the trailers make you think. That's what the movie spends a lot of time leading you to think mm-hmm. is that, you know, oh, Gabriel's just her imaginary friend. And I was kind of bummed out if that was going to be the reveal. Like, oh, I hope it's not just that like he's a ghost or he's this. Well, that's what I thought they were really going to do, because there's that final scene after so many murders have happened and she witnesses them and essentially tells the cop, this person's now dead. Go check it out. And the cops are the cops essentially think that she's the one murdering because she knows about how the murder has happened. And they're interviewing her. And then Gabriel calls on the phone. Yeah. And you think, oh, no, this is a ghost. What is this? This is such a lame ending and then they give you the reveal and you're just like i'm so happy you didn't go the ghost route (laughs) yeah he spends essentially the first hour and a half laying the groundwork for a disappointing like oh yeah it don't it's going to be the imaginary so it works even better when he goes what if instead there's actually a face in the back of her head so she's going to rip the back of her skull open and reveal a weird little face and then he's going to break her limbs to move backwards and he's going to stop on people's heads and you go, I did not think that's what you were going to do. <laughs> oh, Thank that made you. me nauseous. I like that whole entire scene is so wonderful. And I was looking up that they actually got like a contortionist dancer to play him yep. when he's, cause it's, it's essentially a body that faces forward, but it's doing everything backwards and yeah, you really see the limbs like crack and break so he can walk and oh, it's, it's so, so surreal <laughs> and he's completely superhuman and they never really explain there's a, a sequence where the cop 
is chasing after him and he can do these ridiculous parkour. He's yeah. flipping down a fire escape and like grabbing the, the rungs by his, and then like flipping backwards and grabbing the next one. And you're like, oh my God, who is this guy? I remember watching that scene and being like, yeah, of course he could do that. Like that didn't bother me. For me, it was like, God, this cop is so dedicated to his job. I would yeah. have walked away by now. <laughs> yeah. When he pops out of the fire escape and he watches that happening, he's just like, Jesus Christ. And chases after really, he should have just went right back inside. Like, I would have yeah. just been like, yeah, you know what? Here's my badge. Here's my gun. I'm <laughs> um, going to go away I'm now. Done. <laughs> but he's so committed and they like go to this underground section, which is also so extreme. Like there's an underground system to the city so, with victorian carriages well it's a real thing uh the movie takes place in in seattle yeah and this is like it's apparently an actual tour you can take like the seattle underground but it just seems so like if you lived in seattle you would think yeah i know this is totally normal but anybody else is like wait tell me this again i need more context <laughs> i want to do that tour now because that's kind of the the oh sh there's an, a, a key oh shit moment in this movie where you are off and running. And so there's a whole thing where uh, I don't even know if we know his name is Gabriel yet. And that stuff has all started, but uh, a tour guide, a, a woman who gives tours in the Seattle underground is kidnapped and like strapped in an, in a, in an attic and Gabriel's there, you know, keeping her prisoner. And we don't know why just yet. And so she's there for most of the movie. And there's a sequence where they they're trying to get, uh, oh my god I keep forgetting her name Madison, Madison. <laughs> to remember like who's Gabriel and what's going on and at the end of this sequence it's intercut with the woman escaping from her you know binds in the yeah. attic and she comes crashing through the floor into the living room where yeah. they are hosting this like hypnosis thing with um, Madison and oh my god like that from that moment on it's just such a good, like, what the fuck moment. It's one of those moments where, because Gabriel kidnaps that woman after giving a tour guide, she's closing everything down. And it's a really creepy It's a very good sequence. With lights and he kind of just creeps up and, and gets her and then puts her in an attic. But at no point is it ever hinted at that the attic is Maddie's house. Never. Like, you think and when it happens, it makes sense. It's yeah. a really, watching it a second time, was actually really interesting. Oh. Because the first time you're just so focused on what is Gabriel or who is Gabriel and what is going on. Mm -hmm. So when I watched it the second time, there was a lot more interesting, like, okay, I see like the hints are there. Like when she wakes up in the morning, there's always blood on her pillow because, you know, he has stuck his oh, face but you out the back of you, her head. When you first watch it, you think there's blood because her husband she, just hit her. Yeah, she has a head injury. Yeah. Uh, where oh my the God. song Where's My Mind by the uh the Pixies yeah. is very incorporated into the score, which is the first time I just thought it. that was a cool thing to do <laughs> because that song's awesome. Yeah. So the second time again, like, oh, and because he can throw his voice into like electronic devices, that's how he can still call when she's in the room with him. So all stuff like that. The second time I was like, okay, yeah, like there is. I still didn't guess that. My guess the first time I saw it when I was like, I don't think he's an imaginary friend. I thought maybe it was actually like a twin or like a parasitic tumor, like a sentient tumor 
that they had removed from her body, but had now, you know, grown up and could run around on his own. Oh. At no point did I think <laughs> he was, that whole bit is good too. When you, when they find the video that they took of her as a girl with, and the reveal of Gabriel, when the surgical thing is like, we couldn't remove all of them because they shared a brain. So we just crammed his <laughs> face into the back of her skull and called it a day. I do adore is it it's the adopted mother at that point who's watching the video with her right yeah and they thought the birth mother was dead but it turns out she's the one in the attic she's the tour guide yeah but uh i i absolutely adore that the adopted mother's performance is so over the top like she knows the secret she's heard of gabriel before but she's kept this hidden from her daughter and, and from her stepdaughter and she just happens to have all of these vhs's where yeah. <laughs> where maddie well, no, she got them from the the like abandoned asylum that she goes to and finds a great but, parking spot right part, on the edge of the cliff. But part of it is that they took their home videos as well of just Maddie walking around the house and then being on toy phones talking to Gabriel. Yeah, and the and, birthday party when they're like, who are you talking to? And again, yeah. you're just like, oh, standard kid talking to creepy because for flipping through franchises, we're going through the paranormal activity movies and those movies mm. thrive on little girl looking at someone who's not there and being like, Oh, it's so-and-so as you said, it's a cliche, but it works at his advantage because it leads you to think, Oh, this is what it's going to be. So that that reveal is just a a much stronger kick in the face. But that the woman who plays her is just like, they're watching the video and it's like a soap opera. Like her hand is shaking as she, as it's all coming back to her. It's like, come on, you did not forget about this. (laughs) She also has a really weird line where after they, uh, start watching the video of the birth mother she's like they told me he died or they told me she died yeah fucking cock knockers or something like that <laughs> that's a weird insult to throw but it's, in this it's moment. so it's so interesting thinking about it because because you have that opening where you never see gabriel but you have all of these kind of doctors realizing that Gabriel's superpower is going to kill them all and they're in the hospital and you get this shot of like a little kid's feet with socks being dragged and there's like little kittens on the socks and so that kind of sets up that they're two separate people and then you start getting these VHS this VHS footage and then you're like wait a minute who's the kid's feet that I saw if this is an imaginary person and that yeah. I never put two and two together. <laughs> yeah. I've seen some people online claim they did. I think mm, I don't think so. Yeah. But it's one of those, there's a lot of red herrings. And then when you watch the movie again, it makes sense because yeah. of course that's, those are the conclusions that they would come to. She, who would ever go straight to, you know what, turn around and open the back of your skull. <laughs> Cause what if there's a man in there? I just kind of love how it's done. Like I can't imagine seeing it in a cinema I think it would have been extraordinary but because they have like she starts opening the back of her head when she's put in jail cell with other people and my initial reaction was why the hell is she with other people we know she's dangerous yeah well (laughs) at that point don't they know she's innocent because Gabriel has literally just called them on the phone but I guess they are still still thinking she might be in on it because the woman was in her attic but yeah so they put her in a jail cell with other women and then they slowly have her tearing her 
her, the back of her head open to reveal Gabriel. And then all of the women in the prison cell are freaking out, which of course, if you were in an audience, that would entice other people to freak out. So it's just like, it's a good that, kind of strategic thing to get that reaction from the audience. That was the moment where I would have stood up and cheered <laughs> if I had felt it was acceptable to do in a theater. It was kind of a bummer because I saw it like opening night at nine o'clock. So you'd think that would be the show to go to, but it was still like, you know, me and 15 other people. That would have been a fun sold out midnight thing. Cause I feel like once that starts to happen, the crowd must go nuts <laughs> in a big theater when she starts, because they're intercutting it with the reveal of the sister and the stepmom watching yeah. the videos and finding out what Gabriel is. And as yeah. that discovery is happening, things are going raw. Things are going raw at the jail cell. <laughs> so after she's provoked, she tears open the back of her skull and a little face pushes its way out Ugh. then breaks breaks her arms and then you you now learn oh gabriel moves all weird because his face is in her back so she's turned around because when you see him earlier in the movie stabbing a guy like just the position of the arms and the way he's stabbing it's yeah. creepy because it's just like why does he move like that and i love that it had a logical expo logical explanation <laughs> Because also Gabriel is a superhero. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, like the he is really like I, he's dodging bullets and like just flipping around the police station and doing these amazing like karate moves and stuff. At one point, there are multiple times during that ten minute scene where I was just like, I just want to like fist pump. I'm so psyched <laughs> up right now. Where Gabriel like cuts off a guy's arm and then just throws it at another yeah. guy. And I was like, yes. Oh my God. And it's, there's a gif of it out there, but that sequence ending with the two cops who aren't slaughtered, like the two main cops in the movie go to run away. And as they get to the door, he Gabriel throws a just chair. yeets a chair across <laughs> the room and takes them both down. And again, you don't film that not knowing it's funny. Like that yeah. is supposed because people are like, oh, it's so dumb. I was laughing at it. It's like you're clearly supposed to. You don't film that no not knowing what you're filming is funny. Yeah. It was kind of nice though to to have like you're saying, because that's like the moment when the head starts being ripped open. That's when shit starts getting very real. Like it's it's getting real earlier, but it, it comes the film comes alive with that moment. And if Gabriel just started killing all the cops without some sort of comedic moment. I think it would have been way too much because it's brutal. Oh, yeah. He does. In the jail Absolutely cell, he, the first thing I think he, he does is he rips a girl's neck open. He crushes mm. one girl's head under his boot. I had to watch that scene through my fingers. It was too Oh, I watched it, it with much. my eyes as wide open <laughs> as my body would allow. No, I, it was too, mm -mm, I couldn't do it. And then the, the creepiest moment in the film though happens after that. Cause while this is happening, the stepsister is going to the asylum slash hospital. And, yeah. and then you just see her, she goes alone, of course. Cause why get help? Um, it's abandoned. <laughs> There's nobody there to hurt you. Absolutely not. And it looks like, you know, a castle where nothing dangerous lives inside. But, but that's gets... kind of the amazing thing is nothing does happen. They film that whole sequence where you're waiting and waiting like something's going to like Gabriel's going to show up. Something's yeah. going to happen. And it just doesn't. She just gets what she needs and leaves. And I but... think that actually works so much better. 
It's true, but but the very very end, Gabriel does find her, and I guess that's a different hospital because that's a real. That's, hospital. Yeah, it's an actual hospital. Yeah, there are people because <laughs> that's where they brought the birth mother after they find her in the uh, after she comes crashing through the floor. Yeah, so the stepmother is going to visit the 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 mother, and then you just have this thing with the lights, and then it goes dark, and then the lights come up, and it's Gabriel. But you you're not looking at him the same way you've seen him throughout the movie. You actually see the face of the sister just staring yeah. off in the other way as Gabriel, yeah. the back of the head, stares at the other sister, and that ruined me. <laughs> I can't, I don't know if we've made it clear, but Gabriel, because they share a brain, can has essentially learned. Well, not learned, but also gained the ability to do it by absorbing the power of her fetuses. Yeah. Which is a thing that happens in this movie. She's had a bunch of miscarriages because Gabriel is feeding off of them to become more powerful. And that's, again, a line that is delivered with complete (laughs) sincerity. And it's so much better because there is a version of this movie made by somebody less confident (laughs) spends the entire movie also looking at the audience and making little jokes to be like, you know what, this is pretty silly. So we need to acknowledge that we know it's silly, but I love that this didn't do that. It just went, no, this is the movie. And if people are on board, cool. And if they think it's dumb, whatever, like we're not going to throw in a little joke to say like, Oh, that's pretty ridiculous. No. When they gave that line, like I was kind of mad at myself for not putting two and two together. It's like, oh, the only reason why he's here in this moment, because she's been living with him the whole time with him in the back of the head, but he had no opportunity to to come alive. He's (laughs) been dormant back there. Yeah. So he's he's killed the fetuses. And then something that I really adore because you have you you find out that line later on and then you go back to the ending and you're like oh it's so much better because he kills the husband he kills the abusive husband um early on in the movie in what is one of the best earlier scenes in a movie i've ever seen (laughs) um but you think he's a separate person killing the husband when you know it's attached to her you think "Ooh, thank thank you for that (laughs) yeah I don't know, again, if we've made it clear that the reason he is reactivated is because the husband pushed her against the wall and she hits the back of her head. So Gabriel then is like, what's going on? Oh, I got a stab. Got to get my stab on. His weapon's really cool. He like files a trophy down into this awesome looking knife. But it's the trophy of the main doctor who experimented on him and who shoved him back in the woman's head, in Maddie's head. (laughs) So that is what Gabriel is doing, is just getting revenge on all of the people who did this to him, who operated on them, the birth mom who gave them up. That is his plan. Yeah. Um, And he's not even necessarily trying to frame Maddie for it. This is what he wants to do. Yeah, but it's, it's, I just kind of like how he, it's a revenge story. And he's killing the people responsible for kind of ruining his life. But still, the first murder in the movie is, is Maddie's husband, who had nothing to do with the experiment. He's just, a, uh, he's just an, an asshole. asshole. He's just an abusive <laughs> piece of shit who deserved to have his neck, his head twisted around. Yeah. And I kind of like the description that they give, too, because the whole thing is that they get in a fight and then he sleeps downstairs and then he wakes up to the sound of a blender moving, which is one of my biggest fears, waking up and there's somebody going through my kitchen. <laughs> That's a reasonable thing to not want. Yep. 
Um, and you just see like this black mass of something, an entity moving throughout the house. It seems kind of ghost-like because the fridge door opens. And that's that's too kind of setting up that this is going to be a ghost story, but it's not. Yeah, he can just manipulate electricity basically is the, is the explanation yeah. there. But then you see the cops come in the next day to, to look at the body and they're like, look at the imprint of the hand. The person must have been standing upside down behind him. <laughs> You're just like, what? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Obviously, all the handprints are messed up because of the way the guy is moving. But yeah. yeah that's a, and another line delivered with total sincerity where in another movie, you'd have another character go, that's completely ridiculous. It's like, no. But it's, it's a line, too, where it's so extreme and you think, yeah, that makes sense. Because you were just so scared that you have no idea what happened. And you're like, yeah, it must be a weird kind of amorphous thing. But <laughs> it's just somebody then, working at, backwards. At that point, you don't know what it is yet. And it makes it pretty clear later that, yeah, Gabriel's moving around real strange. Yeah. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't <laughs> I could sit here and pick every scene apart over, but I just, I fucking love this movie. <laughs> like the second viewing like i said on part one i thought maybe round two with a little bit of distance and just mostly remembering how awesome that reveal was and round two i'd be like yeah okay you know what everything before that is kind of whatever but no i was still like way on board i just like just he knows how to shoot the fuck out of a movie i think the movie itself is really great and really strong and one of the best scary movies I've seen in a while. And for me, it wasn't so much that when I like, I lost interest in the movie when I was thinking about it. It's just, as you have more time to think about these things, you realize just how stupid and cliche everything is. But when you're watching it in the moment, the film structures those cliches so wonderfully that you can't help but be terrified the entire time. Like it's so well done, but then you think about it and you're no longer afraid. <laughs> See that? I don't know. Maybe that never happened to me because for the last six months, anytime I thought about it, I'd be like, fuck, that was so awesome. <laughs> I would just think about it and be like, God damn it. Why did I not see this? Like, it, I think I'm just disappointed in myself, not the movie. <laughs> Maybe that's you didn't figure out that there was a parasitic twin I didn't see the Voldemort into the back of her skull yeah I didn't see the Voldemort reveal no but the the film the film is great I've been recommending it to everybody I'm just like this is this is exceptional and you have to see it because it's so unlike anything you've seen before (laughs) yes per yes perfect perfect summation is he even says it on the bonus features that he didn't want to just make another haunted house movie, which is probably what everyone wants James Wan to make is when are you going to do another conjuring or when are you going to do this? He's like, mm. you know, I, I've done that and yeah. I wanted to do something different and yeah. good for him. Cause he sure did. <laughs> and it's, it's just an interesting, it's just an interesting premise. Like you, you get, you get your needs met. You get the haunted medical establishment. You get a scary attic and a scary underground Victorian place with carriages. You're in a jail cell. And by the end, you're back in a hospital fighting some sort of weird backwards guy. Like, it almost acts as a James Wan greatest hits package for the first bit. Yeah, you get I would spooky say so. house yeah. and things lurking around. So you think, okay, yeah, it's another James Wan ghost story. I've seen this, but he's good at mm. them. So, okay. And then by the end, when you're just watching a one long take of a backwards moving man stabbing a bunch of people and cutting their arms off, it's like, okay, 
It's just, I, it's a massacre. It is. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Even if you don't want to watch the movie, <laughs> if it's not your jam, please go watch that scene because it is, I mean, the dude directed Aquaman. So he also know I, and uh, I, a lot of people don't like that movie, but I thought it was a lot of fun. So the dude knows how to stage an action, action sequence. So I'm not surprised, but that it is an exceptionally well done, well choreographed because you have the person who's doing it. As you said, it's not special effects. No. Moving in a way that you don't get to see people move in an action movie. Like we've seen really well choreographed one take sequences, but not like this. No. I wonder how much training went into making that entire final scene, like the the cop scene. It must have been so much rehearsal. I'm sure there was sneaky edits in there, but it really does look like just one extended take and the camera's doing all these like pivots around and it's just yeah. meticulously crafted and it's oh, so yeah. good. It's just such a unique scene in general. <laughs> I just Something yeah. that I like about him though is that when he gives you a scary moment, he gives you a scary moment and you get a really brief moment to take a breath afterwards and then it's really fucking scary again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and he doesn't like. There's this the bit where um, I think it's the like the doctor the who who's the guy? What's the guy's connection? Like the old guy, the other doctor. Yeah, yeah, he's just one of the doctors, right? Yeah, he's there's two lead doctors. There's the woman who wins an award for her experiment, and then there's her her like main person help her main helper, her main assistant. Yeah. <laughs> So there's a bit where he's in his room and you get a POV shot of his feet under the bed. And you're like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> but again, it doesn't, that's not where the scare is coming from. No. And it's the same with the, what we were talking about when she's at the abandoned building. And it keeps, it always does these like over the shoulder, like what's back there? What's over here? And the yeah. answer is nothing, nothing, which makes sense within <laughs> the fiction of the movie because she's in prison and that's where Gabriel is too. Yeah. But it, I also respect a horror movie where that lets things breathe like that because if mm-hmm. every sequence reliably ends with loud noise jump scare by the end who fucking cares yeah like you're just falling back on the same trick again and again so i love it's like i think the new scream did it too like when they do the thing where you know they open the medicine cabinet and you're like oh shit when they come back the mirror there's gonna be something in the mirror and there's something to be said when there just isn't yeah well i think part of what part of what's being done like the 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 scene from below the bed really scared me because it's also one of my biggest fears that something will be just be there and stab the back of my ankles um but See, that's why our bed goes all the way to the floor can't get that's under there smart <laughs> that's really smart no but it's 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 just there is a lingering threat in the world like that's the commentary like and then there's gabriel as well who is a victim of of the threat of the doctors experimenting on him so i like that he captures kind of all of those features about it and he kind of shows people in their most vulnerable moments which i think is is something you don't get to see a lot of within horror movies oh he's after the sister too because the birth mom chose her over them yeah so you know they did a pretty good job of explaining the motives of the parasitic twin living in the back of our main protagonist's skull oh he's a well-rounded character (laughs) kind of is and people i just saw i think a week or two ago someone on twitter was saying how come it's been so long since we've gotten our iconic like our jason and our freddy krueger and our leatherface and thankfully the first comment was it hasn't even been six months and they posted a thing gabriel it's like that's 
I wish this movie had done better because I would watch six more movies about Gabriel. <laughs> He's got um, the chops, I think, to be a good horror villain. Because uh, it's kind of true. Like, I don't remember all of the memorable horror people lately. Like, they made another scream. It's like, yep, Ghostface. But he's been a thing for, you know, 25 years. And they made a new Texas Chainsaw. It's like, yep, there's Leatherface. But it is kind of, I can't, I'm sure I'm missing a couple obvious examples. But I don't remember too many really good, like, oh, here's a horror antagonist that we're going to be talking about for a while. Yeah. Like it's it's true. Like all the remakes are going back to the main kind of horror icons that we already know, and you can't really do much with them because part of their scare factor is they're just this anomaly. They're not really human in some yeah. capacity. I mean, they do explain everything there is to know about Gabriel, which I, yeah. I don't really think. Unless by that time he's cutting people's hands off, so you're just like, whatever. You're still awesome. Anyways, I got to wrap up in three minutes. Okay, yes. So uh, in conclusion, watch Malignant. Uh, watch it. Please, please go vote for it as an honorary Oscar winner because it's up. <gasps> That's true. They, I forgot about that. The Oscar fan favorite campaign. One of the finalists is Malignant. And I love that someone involved with the Oscars had to put a screenshot of Malignant into an Oscars thing. So that's incredible. Well done, Internet. I'm glad this movie's getting the recognition it deserves. Uh, do you have anything you, you're currently watching before you have to go? Uh, the fourth season of The Marvelous Miss Maisel. I finished it last night. And so did my wife. It broke my heart, but in a good way. Like, it made me feel really hopeful. And I think that's the sort of thing we need. <laughs> Agreed. I wouldn't say malignant is that, but I'd say you're going to have a damn fun time. Uh, something I recommend <laughs> fucking just malignant, I guess. It's new enough that you just watch malignant, malignant. We're almost done the Adam Project on Netflix. That seems fine. So you can also watch that. But if malignant's there... Uh, watch that instead. Thank you, Kim, for joining me here today. Thank you to Tev Sound for the theme song. And uh, I mean, uh, there was really only one iconic line that I could think of from this one, right? That we got to do. We got to cut out the cancer. It's time to cut out the cancer. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs>